Welcome everybody by live stream. We're glad to have you. We just want to encourage you to get your Bible, set aside everything else, tune into what God's saying to you. God's got answers for you tonight. Like, share, subscribe. In fact, don't like. They need to put a love button on there. Put some love on there. And uh, comment, let us know where you're coming from, where you're, where you're viewing from, and uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, and what God's doing in your life. Praise the Lord. Uh, did you bring your Bible tonight? <clears throat> go with me if you did. I want to start over in the book of, well, let's go to Isaiah first of all. Isaiah chapter number 40. I want to share something that, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's difficult to share it in one service. I don't know if we'll get any further than just one service tonight. Um, but uh, we're going to just wade into this, see, see how the Lord guides us and takes us into this truth. Praise the Lord. Um, I want to talk to you about here, this is Isaiah chapter number 40, a, a passage that you're probably pretty familiar with. Um, it talks about in verse 28, we're familiar with 28 through 31. We'll just read the whole passage. I'm going to really focus in on just verse number 31. But Isaiah 40, verse number 28 Hast thou not uh, known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. In other words, he's got all this strength, all this power, all this ability, but he's not up there hoarding it. He gives it. He gives it. I, I, I've needed some strength at times. I remember the Lord, uh, I was busy, really, really, when we were remodeling this building, when we first bought it, I got real busy just day in, day out, week in, week out, coming up here early to the contractors and, and you know, meeting them, saying this is what we need done, this is what we need done, and I was neglecting my fellowship time, and I woke up one morning, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was being kept by the power of God until I disconnected and wasn't, wasn't connecting right with it through my daily, you know, taking in of the strength and power of God, and I couldn't even get out of bed. I said, Lord, what's this? He said, he said you're, just, you're just worn down spiritually. Yeah. And how many of you know the condition of your spirit affects the condition of your body? Yeah. That you need to understand that. We, we, will, we will notice that here. Hast thou not known so forth and so on? He gives power to the faint. God has it, but he gives it. Yes. He, he that hath no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and, and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord. Oh, this verse is well known, but maybe it's not well known. They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? They shall renew their strength. Ooh, glory. They shall renew their strength. The word renew actually in the Hebrew means exchange. In other words, you'll turn in your weakness for his strength. There's a, there's a, you know, people that today, they're all wanting to go green and everything, but, and then get into renewable energy. This is the most renewable energy on the planet. You want to go green? Go Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew, renew. People like renewable energy. Here it is. Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Boy, have I experienced this. Yeah, mount up with wings as eagles. That has to do with getting above it and getting up into the spirit. Up out of your mind, up out of the flesh. Get up into the spirit. 
and uh, they, they will run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. In other words, he's talking about running their race. They won't uh, conk out. You know, we used to say as a kid, he conked out. <laughs> But he's talking here about being able to stay, uh, in other words, continuing to get up and respond to what God's telling you to do and stay with it and not wear out because you're taking time to take in. So they that wait upon the Lord, they take in or they draw upon the strength that God has for them. Now, spirit, this is, first of all, something that happens spiritually, but, it's for, but it affects your body. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've often thought divine healing is, people's understanding of divine healing is so limited and so small. Yeah. This is divine healing right here. You can, you can uh, just like your razor or your whatever, many things are cordless nowadays, your cordless drill or whatever you, you use, just like your cordless drill can wear out or your razor can wear out, but, but how many of you know it can also be renewed? You got to put it on the stand or with that little plug in or whatever, and, uh, and uh, take, that thing has to take back in. It was giving out, it had to take back in. And uh, burnout is nothing more than just giving out without taking in. People say, man, he just, he was putting out too much. No, no, he wasn't putting out too much. He just wasn't taking in enough. Yeah. I remember the Lord said to me one time concerning some things that happened. He said, now you have to understand this because the Lord didn't, didn't, uh, he knew I understood it, but didn't, so he didn't take the time to explain it because people could misunderstand this. But he said, because I was struggling with some things. He said, it takes more power to walk where you're walking now. He didn't mean I need to pray for God to send more power. I've got all the power I need. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But he's talking about it takes more tapping into that power. It takes more of a draw on what is yours to, in order to walk where you're walking. Now, you're putting out more. You're, you're uh, operating in some things. And, uh, but, uh, so it takes more taking in. So, you know, that's, that's just another, that's, that's a whole other sermon. But I want to emphasize the first part of verse 31 tonight, waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Oh, my, my, my. Waiting on the Lord is not you saying, Lord, I'm just waiting on you to heal me. No, I mean, how many of you know everything that redemption has provided is a gift? And everything that he did for us in, on the cross, talking about redemptive works, the redemptive work, you know, forgiveness, remission of sin, salvation's available, healing's available, peace for your mind's available. That's all uh, a gift. It's already provided. It's not that God has to give anything. We, God, we don't have to wait for God to give it. He already gave it. He gave it in the death, burial, and the resurrection. Amen. So we're not waiting on him to give any of that. If somebody's not saved today, are they waiting on God to save them? No, it's they have not received. They have not come and taken what was theirs, right? And so it's a gift. It's free. It's right now. Remember, all the promises of God are in him. Yes and amen. And uh, the Bible says, today is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. So, uh, and how many of you know faith is now? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so we can have it right now. Right? And so, uh, how long does it take to get saved? How long do you have to wait to get saved? 
You don't have to wait at all, right? Well, why do people kind of treat healing different though? That was provided at the exact same time. Healing is just as much, as much available right now as salvation is available right now. You know, when I say salvation, really, salva- healing is salvation. <laughs> but I'm talking about salvation from sin, you know, the new birth and so forth and so on. And so, um, you know, why do we say, when people can, want to get saved, why do we say, uh, okay, well, the Lord will save you right now. He really already has. They can receive it right now. But then when it comes to healing, we kind of treat it like, well, you know, that takes time. Well, um, the, the, the reason that it might take time is only because it takes time for our faith to lay hold because there's so much religion or other kind of teachings that people have to overcome. So their faith won't lay hold of it right now because they've been taught it's not theirs. But when it comes to salvation, most people know salvation's available anytime. Not everybody, but most people. There's, there's nobody that you've ever met that says, well, I got to wait and do this and do that. No, they understand that Jesus already paid the price. Most, that message has gotten out more than the message of healing has gotten out. Amen. So, but, so when I say wait on the Lord, don't mishear what I'm talking about tonight. Amen. Nobody's waiting on God for their healing. Right? How many of you know he's actually waiting on us? Amen. So, the reason it takes time sometimes for certain things or, or certain things are a progression or certain things are gradual is it takes time for light to come. You ever read Isaiah chapter 58 verse 8? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thy health shall spring forth speedily. Notice he connects healing with light. Um, but notice he said, thy light breaks forth as the morning. He's talking about the sun coming up. The morning sun comes up. You don't, I mean, it's not completely dark and you're laying there in bed and thinking, man, I need to get up and all of a sudden, poof, man, oh, there's the sun. It came up. It doesn't happen that way, right? Just it's gradual. And that's the way light is a lot of times. And, and when it comes to healing, people get a little bit of understanding here, a little bit of understanding there. I've had person after person in this church say, oh my goodness, I finally understand. Now I get it. And when they get to that place, they're like, it's it's easy to lay hold. That's the only thing that takes time sometimes. The renewing of the mind takes time. Laying hold of things with our spirit, which can only come through revelation. It takes time sometimes. And so we won't get into all that. But, um, um, you know, what I'm talking about when I say waiting on the Lord is a totally different thing than that I'm waiting for God to heal me or I'm waiting for God to give me peace. I don't know why he won't give me peace. That's not what I'm talking about. So, but we need to define this because it is a Bible thing to wait on the Lord. Amen. And so most of the time when the Bible is talking about waiting on the Lord, it means to look to him expectantly. Now, uh, let me just give you some verses. We need to take a little time with this tonight because this kind of prayer, this is a kind of prayer, this kind of prayer will change your life. I don't know that it's a very... uh, I don't know that it's a very developed skill in the body of Christ much anymore, but we need to learn to do this. So can you just uh, hear this out for a few minutes here? Uh, Go with me over to the book of Psalm chapter number uh, 27, Psalms chapter number 27. And uh, let's look at a couple of verses that use this term. It'd be all right. 
Um, you once you learn to do this, maybe right off the bat you're saying, I, "This is something I don't know if I need, or I don't know, I don't know if, how can this benefit my life." If if that's you're sitting there thinking that right now, it's because you have no idea what this really is. This has been where I've gotten most of my answers. Most of the things I need a direction on, this is how I've done it. And uh, it'll be amazing how this will affect your faith life. Um, You've turned to Psalm uh, 27. Let me say this. Old-time believers, old-time Pentecostals used to understand how to do this. But then they got in a ditch with it. They believed they had to wait on the baptism, wait on God to baptize them in the Holy Ghost and certain things. They got in a ditch and it got off. But then the uh, Word of Faith people came along and they learned how to make, take the Word of God, make their claim on it, make their confession. And they, they've learned how to do that, but they don't know how to do this. Yeah. 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 And let me say this, um, I don't believe in the body of Christ God wants any of us to be a one-trick pony. You know what I mean by that? Uh, well, we know how to believe God, but we don't know how to wait on the Lord. That's, that's a one-trick pony. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? Well, praise the Lord. I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe we need to spend some more time on this, but um, I, believe in the, I believe in this. In fact, this is, this is where you learn to get your mind quiet. This is where you learn to put up your... You ever heard Brother Hagin say, put up your spiritual antenna? This is where you learn to get your answers. Um, and so it's not healthy spiritually to be, only know how to pray one kind of prayer, like the prayer of faith. It's just not going to, you're not going to be healthy and well-rounded spiritually. Amen. Um, so we need to develop the skills, all the skills in the word of God. And uh, faith is not a standalone skill. Or let me put it this way, the prayer of faith. You have to do what this, this talks about, waiting on the Lord. You have to do this in faith too, but it's not the prayer of faith. And uh, the prayer of faith is not something that you should develop as a standalone skill. It's practiced best, the prayer of faith and, and, and learning to walk by faith is practiced best if it's, mi- if it's mixed with your life in the spirit fellowshipping with God. We'll see that as we go. There are times you can go through all the motions of praying the prayer of faith. You pull the right lever, you push the right button, and where's the heavenly blessing out of the heavenly slot machine? I have gone through each step. You can go through all that at times and sometimes nothing. Amen. Because you're doing it mentally just out of memory rather than out of a, a, a revelation of what the Spirit of God is saying to you in this situation. You understand what I'm talking about? And so you, you, can, you can go through it, the, the mental motions of taking this scripture and standing on it and making my claim of faith and making my confession and praising God and so forth. You can go through that mentally and really not make your connection. When I say make your connection, I mean down here you didn't make your connection. It's just all something up here. And you can do that for years. How many of you know it doesn't take years to get answers? It might take you some time to grow enough to get an answer. But my point is, um, 
the, the, the many things people are, so to speak, waiting on God to do, that he's really waiting for them to, uh, to, to get out of their head. Yeah. Get out of their head. Well, we went ahead and dove into this, but um, you, need to be, you need to make a connection from down here. Faith is of the heart. And really, to be honest with you, um, the word doesn't fail. But we can fail to do the word. Faith never fails. But we can fail to exercise faith. Amen. Sometimes because there's more that we need to know about a situation. Uh, you know, you can say, well, I'm just going to believe God. Remember, I, I told you the story about one time I said, I'm just going to, you know, I, I got supernaturally sick. I told you about that. And I said, I'm just going to believe God. And I sit, knelt down beside the bed and I said, Lord, I'm going to, right here it says, you know, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Um, and so I'm just going to resist the devil. And the Lord said, you're only quoting to me half of that verse. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I could have gone blah, blah, blah. I, in the name of Jesus, Satan, I take authority over these symptoms. I could have, and got nothing. Yeah. Because I wasn't, because I, I was trying to act on my faith out of my head, out of memory of what the Bible said. You understand what I'm talking about? But see, by just taking the time to get quiet and talk to him before I did it, he was given the opportunity to say something to me. In this case, you're only quoting to me half of that verse. And I told you the rest of that story. I won't take time to get into all that. I don't want to run, want to run down every rabbit trail tonight. But, but my point is, there are times there's more you need to know. Like, for example, sometimes, sometimes people want to believe God, but they're holding a fence over here. And they need to know that that's going to hinder them. Well, how are they going to find these things? Is it getting on the prayer phone or, or having somebody, uh, is it having somebody, is it having somebody counsel you for 14 years? Huh? No, it's going to be getting just an old-fashioned prayer life of learning to talk things over with God. Amen. And so some of, the, some of these things uh, just work better, like, like faith. It just works better when you mix it with your fellowship with God in the Spirit. Amen. Waiting on God, waiting on the Lord, like this verse here says, is where you work all these things out with God. It actually is. Amen. You can bind and loose and shout in the church and run, and you can have every healing evangelist that comes through pray and lay hands on you, and uh, nothing's working. Nothing's working. You're going to try this. I'm going to try that, or I'm going to go to this meeting. I'm going to go to that meeting. And, and until you get quiet and listen to what the counselor on the inside of you is counseling you about through waiting on the Lord, looking to him expectantly, not out of your head, but getting quiet in your spirit. Until that happens and you get some real answers from him, you're going to continue to go through the motions. I don't like the idea of going through the motions and not getting results. Amen. How many of you know it's not a mental checklist you got to go through? Okay, whenever you have this situation, you do this, 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 and this, and this. Amen. Sometimes people go through their mental checklist and their, their life doesn't show the fruit that should be in their lives. Well, anyway, you're still glad you're, you're here tonight. And so what, are, what is this waiting on the Lord? Uh, it basically means, in fact, look at the, uh, did I have you go to Psalm 27? Look at verses 13 and 14. 
This is in the King James, first of all. It says, I had fainted. In other words, I would have fainted. Remember, he said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The land of the living is down here on this earth. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see. How many of you know to see some things, you got to believe for seeing it? Wait, and then verse 14, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean sit back and patiently saying, well, one of these days God's going to do it. No, that's not what he's talking about. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he'll strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The Amplified Classic says, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Wow. Wow. That's what waiting on the Lord is. Hope means to expect. It means to look to him, expecting from him. It is is a spiritual posture in faith, looking to him for direction. Looking to to him for for direction and wisdom and what to do. Now, we, we were over there in Isaiah 40, remember verse 31. Listen to the Amplified Classic on verse 31. Remember, they that wait upon the Lord, that's, that's King James. Here's the classic, the Amplified Classic. Those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power, and so forth and so on. We know the rest of the verse. But there again, he uses that same language to look for and to expect something from the Lord. Amen. Amen. There's something about doing this, doing this properly and doing it in faith where you're spending time looking to God for what he has to say to you about a situation. Learning to do this in faith. There's something about it that it puts a draw on all of heaven. Absolutely puts a demand on God and he responds to this because you're calling for something. Amen. You're looking to him for your answer and he'll respond to that. He always responds to faith. Now, whether you realize it or think much about it or not, this is exactly what Hebrews eleven six is talking about. Remember it says in Hebrews eleven six. we're very familiar with this verse, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's in any area, any, any, any kind of faith expressed in any way, whether it's the prayer of faith, whether it's binding and loosing, whether whatever, however you're releasing your faith. Um, but, but notice the context, though. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And then he specifically talks about what, what, what he's talking about whenever he says faith. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah. So here he's talking about faith, and you can apply it in any way that it pleases him. But here he's talking about when you come to God, we we know Hebrews, remember Hebrews 4 talks about, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So when you come to God, you come to the throne of grace, he said, this is what pleases him. Uh, It pleases him that you believe that he is. Now... That's a whole three sermons right in and of itself. You might think that's, that's just simple. That means believe God exists. Yes, but that's not nearly all that, that is. Now, believe that he is. Believe that he exists. Yes, but believe that he is, not was. That he is still the healer. That he is still 
the Lord my, my salvation. That he, that he still hears and answers prayer. Not, not he used to be, but that he is. Not was, but that he is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Praise God. Believe that he exists, yes, but believe that he exists as he always has. He, he didn't used to be the healer. He still is the healer. Believe that he is. And you could take that so much further than, than I'm going to take that, but uh, believe that he is, um, and believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Believe that he is a reward. What does that mean? He'll re- that means that he'll make it worth your while to seek him. Yes. You won't seek him and, and just leave and say, well, that was a waste of time. Yes. Never. 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 He will make it wor- worth your while. A lot of times people say, well, I need answers and I need them quick. Well, then you better quick get in his presence. And you better quick shut your mind down. You better quick look to him. And you better quick know how to do this waiting on the Lord. And I'll tell you, once you get into the real, real waiting on the Lord, you'll find there's nothing quick about it. There are times he's got to work in you and my's heart and thinking about things to get our thinking right. And that's a process of us being able to listen to him and, and listen to what he's really saying. But he'll make it worth your while. Oh, glory to God. Now, uh, this is what they did in Acts 13. As they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. See, here's where you're going to get your answers. Here's where you're going. I don't know. The Holy Ghost never says anything to me. Well, do you wait on him? Do you minister to him? Oh, my, my, my. This is a totally different kind of prayer than praying the, pra- praying the prayer of faith. Listen, there's been times when I got to the end of myself. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. When you get to the end of yourself and you do the right thing at the end of yourself and you turn towards God rather than to give up, now, now you're in a good spot. Now you could have got to the end of yourself a long time ago, but sometimes we try to do everything we can do before we really end, get to the end of ourselves. You know, I'm not saying we have to, you know, always get to the bottom of the barrel before we turn to God, but I'm saying there's been times I did everything I could do and I got to the end of myself and I said, God, without your help, I'm done. Just flat done. And so I look to you and I'm waiting on you. And I don't mean waiting like twiddle my thumbs waiting. And we're going to talk more about this, how to do this here. But, uh, and, and as I've done that, he's never failed me. Like uh, I told you about how uh, we struggled financially for quite a number of years. And I just said, I finally got to the place. I said, God, help me. I'm struggling. I, I, you know, and the first thing he said was, your way's not working out, is it? Come on. Oh, here we go. Ouch. No, it's not. But he began to give me answers. Praise the Lord. Don't criticize somebody that something's working for them. The same one that gave them their answers will give you your answers. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Can it be different? But you got to spend time and really sincerely seeking him. 
And so, uh, but here um, in Acts 13, as they ministered to the Lord, the Amplified says, worshiped him or worshiping the Lord, however it says that there, and, and fasted. Uh, th- this is not a, you know, pop in, pop out kind of prayer. This is, this is something you take the time to do. It doesn't take God long at all to give you your answer, but it takes us sometimes time to get our minds quiet. And uh, Christians today really don't know much about getting their minds quiet. In fact, until they get their mind quiet, they don't realize how busy they've been mentally. Most, most Christians just live mental Christian life. I mean, it's really not even the Christian life. Christian lives live out of the Spirit. But anyway, so they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. Now, um, there's, there's so much we got to get into here, but let's just, let's just back up. This waiting on the Lord, um, it doesn't mean... Uh, the, the, the fact that we don't wait for our healing doesn't mean there's not a prayer of waiting on the Lord. You understand that? And so uh, the prayer of faith, the, 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 excuse me, the prayer of waiting on the Lord is especially used to hear from God and receive direction. And we'll see that. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. This is a really good example of this. 2 Chronicles. You, you and I, as believers, have been given this kind of prayer. Now, I don't mean we have to go to prayer to do this, because there's, I don't, you don't have time to say everything that needs to be said tonight, but, but this is something to help us do this. We've been given this to help us get our minds quiet and uh, engage our spirits, and with our spirits, reach up for answers. When I say reach up, I mean he's really living on the inside of us. But we're reaching on the inside for what he's saying on the inside. And uh, this is what they were doing here. This, this, is, uh, this is one of my favorite stories of waiting on the Lord in the Bible. The 19th, well, you take the time to look at the context back at earlier chapters. Three kings, it mentions it in chapter 20 actually, verse 1. That uh, the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and, and Mount Seir, if you read later, they all came up against uh, Israel. And Jehoshaphat, in verse 3, feared the Lord and set, feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And they all gathered together to ask help of the Lord. In other words, they, they, their nation is about ready to be destroyed by an army, any enemy armies. And so they started coming out of all these cities around and, and came to Jerusalem and they, they were uh, in the, just standing there before the Lord, asking the Lord for direction. What do we do here? And Jehoshaphat, and you could read his prayer from verse 5 on down through, um, you know, all the way through verse 13. Well, let's go through, through verse number 11. After he prayed all this, there's a lot of good things in here, but I've just taken the time uh, catch, catch a few high spots. Verse 11, after he prayed, Behold, I say how they reward us uh, and, and, and to come and cast us out of, our, of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit it. In other words, God, you gave us this land. If you read the whole story, Jehoshaphat said, uh, you didn't let us attack them at this one particular time. We, we, could have, we could have already wiped these people out. And you said, no, don't. So we're, we're not here because of disobedience. 
you know, we're just here because the devil's mean. And he's coming to try to take some stuff. And said, and so he said that in verse number 11. Then verse number 12, O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are on you. And then they shut up. They prayed their prayer. They made their request. And then look at verse 13. All Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their their wives, and their children. I believe a holy hush. They released their faith to God. They said, our eyes, we don't don't know what to do here. Our eyes are on you. They got quiet. But are are they quiet just, you know... You know, one, one lady's over here crocheting, another guy's over here doing. No, their, their, their attention, yes. get, listen to it. Their attention yes. was on him. They were looking to him. Oh my goodness. I want you to know some things about waiting on the Lord. And one of the things about waiting on the Lord, one of the big factors about waiting on the Lord is it involves the controlling of your attention. You can't pray this prayer and you're, you're, you're scrolling on your computer. Well, I'm just praying. And you're scrolling through. No, 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 no. You are not waiting on the Lord. Because your attention is not under control. When you're waiting on the Lord, your attention has turned to him. You're expecting from him. Now, I, I keep doing that. It's really in here. And so they, they said, but Allah, that those words this afternoon, or I guess it was this morning, those words just, just came alive. It, our eyes are on you. Our attention, our eyes, we've turned our attention towards you. We turn our attention away from, listen to what they said. Uh, we have, verse number 12, that wilt thou not judge them? We have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do. Oh my goodness. So they said, uh... We don't know what to do. How many of you know when you can't buy your way out? When you can't fight your way out? When you can't think your way out? You can pray your way out. It's this kind of praying. You can look to him. You can... (laughs) You can turn your attention to him and say, Lord, what do you have to say to me here? And the Bible says, when you do that in faith, according to Hebrews eleven six, you you uh, uh, you know, he's a re- believe he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, that he will begin to give you your answers. Now he'll take you right back to the scriptures, but it'll be a living thing now, not a dead thing. Come on, come on, somebody. Now, in other words, you're, you're not just doing this out of your head. He's going to start talking to your heart. Praise God. I said, when you can't think your way out, when you don't, you don't have the ability to fight your way out, when you can't pay for, you can't buy your way, you don't have enough money to buy your way out. There is still a way out. Somebody stand, somebody said, stand on the word. Yeah, it's a big book. Which part of it do you stand on? You got to look to him. You got to expect him to to guide you and talk to you. 
I don't know if you can understand this or not, but you can't just take somebody else's testimony and say, I'm going to do what they did. I remember a man at Bible school, they talked, it happened before I got to Bible school, but they talked about it all the time. They said, Brother Copeland, he got a hold of Brother Hagin's tapes about, you know, faith and so forth and so on and sewing and so forth. And he brought his old, he gave us, Brother uh, Copeland gave his car away and uh, got another car. And a man in Bible school heard that Brother Copeland did that and said, I'm going to do that. He gave his car away and walked for the rest of the year. See, that was revelation to Brother Copeland. The Lord prompted Brother Copeland. He heard from God. Brother Copeland heard from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Faith does not come by hearing what somebody else did and doing it. Get your own personal direction. Amen. You said, so-and-so did this, I'm going to do that. And they, so-and-so did it and they lived. You can do it and die. I'm not, I'm not saying you will. I'm saying you can if you're not careful. You, you, you can't just go through the motions and just, well, somebody else did this. You have to have an old-fashioned time of fellowshipping with God daily, regularly, and feeding on His. He'll guide you into your own. He'll guide you on the path that He's taking you into what He has for you. Somebody else, it might have been just making their claim of faith. For you, it might be. Now, you need to put your foot to this worry. Yeah. Or the unforgiveness. Amen. But he'll guide you right into it. Amen. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. This is, this is living right here because this is where you'll get real answers. Real answers. Hallelujah. And so are you enjoying this just as much as I'm enjoying this? Um. But so here in 2 Chronicles, verse number 12, it says that our eyes, our eyes are on you. Yes. Amen. Now, um, this is a, there, there's some spiritual skills and discipline that you have to develop to be successful at the Christian life. Yeah. Uh, many of these things, especially this one right here, is something that you have to learn how to do. You have to learn how to quiet your mind. You have to learn how to reach towards God with your spirit. Uh, you have to learn to turn off your head. Amen. And engage your heart. You have to learn not to babble and rattle in prayer. But to, to, to bring, bring your heart to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of these things, you just need utterance to be able to say them. Yes. I'm believing God for utterance yeah. tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, there's a lot of people that chatter all day long with everybody else, and then they take that into yeah. their prayer life. Yeah. The Bible says God will not regard vanity. That just means empty chatter from your head. What's going on in your heart? Amen. What's on your heart? What's he dealing with your heart about? Yeah. Amen. 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 That's how you approach him. That's right. with, with what's on your heart. Yeah. 
and your mind might be screaming, you need this, you need this, you need, you need, you need to ask him this question over here. Remember Brother Hagin said whenever the experiences he's had in the spirit where Jesus appeared to him and talked to him, he said, after the, well, during the experience, there were certain things on his heart and he talked to Jesus yeah. about it. Yeah. But he said, after the experience, he said, there was, there was question after question after the question. He said, oh, I wish I'd have thought about that. I would ask him right. about that. Right. Yeah. But he said, those questions were in his mind, right. not in his heart. The questions that came to him when he was with Jesus was what was in his heart. You remember him talking about that? What's on your heart? What's he speaking to your heart about? Whenever, just start out with the last sermon you heard and what God really was saying to you during that sermon. Say, Lord, you, you said this to me. I so thank you. There's, there's answers here for me. I'm going to go back over this and let you talk to me about this. Because just because he prompted you in the service about it doesn't mean you got all the revelation he wanted to tell you about it. I've had, I've had spiritual experiences. I'm thinking of one right now where the Lord gave me some things and spoke to him and gave me some revelation. And I thought, man, I'm telling you what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, look at this revelation. Look at this. I thought I had it all. I shared it with Pastor Nancy and she preached on it and, and expanded it so much. I'm like, oh my goodness, I barely understood what, what the Lord said to me. You know Why? More faith. More faith. You get revelation by faith. You reach for answers by faith. That's what Hebrews 11, 6 is saying. Amen. You, you, do it, you do this by faith. This is not the prayer of faith, but you do it by faith. You got to do everything you do by faith. Are we getting this tonight? And so, uh, praise the Lord. So this is a spiritual discipline you have to learn. And, uh, and uh, you have to cultivate this habit. Uh, it'll bring invaluable blessings and benefits into your life. One of the great blessings awaiting on the Lord in prayer and fellowship is just the renewing of your strength. But that's not the one that really the Lord put on my heart here tonight. Um, let's, let's just spend a little time on this. Praise the Lord. Uh, here in Psalm 27, we looked at it in Isaiah 40. It has to do with expect, looking to the Lord expectantly. Uh, and to do this properly, you have to control your attention. Uh, a big part of waiting on the Lord is, is where, where, where's your attention at? A big part of waiting on the Lord is making Him your complete source. When you're looking to him, you're making him your source. Not what I've got figured out. Not what I can do because I've proven I've messed this up already. I can't trust myself. My dependency is on him, not on me. He's going to have to be the source of my answer here. I can't be the source of my answer here anymore. And so you turn your attention to him and look to him for, as your source. You know, Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word is a sharp sword dividing between soul and spirit. You remember that? Um, you need to, uh, you need, the word of God is the only thing that can do that, divide between soul and spirit. And in this, way, in this prayer of waiting on the Lord, the Lord will start sifting out your own thinking from what he's saying to your spirit. Right. And he'll talk to you from his word. Yes. Yes. He'll, he'll bring things up that you forgot. That's right. yeah. 
I'm not just saying you, all of us can be very forgetful. I mean, I'm, I was walking, oh my, 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 See, you, you can, you can think you got to make it when, when it first comes, it's so real, yeah. but if you don't write it, write it down, you can just absolutely forget it. And three months later, the Lord said, I told you, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, uh, Hebrews says dividing Hebrews four twelve dividing soul from spirit, uh, This waiting on the Lord is where you sift out your own thinking, your own emotions, your own feelings about things. You get all that sifted out from what he's actually saying to you. You know, we could spend a whole service, and I'm I'm just so quickly running out of time tonight, but we could spend a whole service just, uh, one of the benefits of this is you begin to recognize the voice of God or the inner witness as opposed to blending your own thinking in with everything. That's a major problem in many people's lives. Many people's faith life is they're blending their own thinking in with what God's really saying to their spirits. And it's a diluted faith. It's a, you know, it's got a lot of dross in it. So it's not conducting the power like it should. Amen. Amen. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't know what, what, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he's saying. Your spirit is trying to get something to you tonight. Amen. So um, this spiritual practice of watching means staying in the spirit, paying attention to what's happening there and what's happening, what he's saying to your spirit. It's an exercise of one's faith. It's a big part of my prayer life. Amen. It's, it's a part of, it's a, it's a uh, spiritual posture, so to speak, of expectancy from the Lord. Yeah. You ever seen your child expect something from you or your dog or something like that? They they get in a posture. You know, that's the way you got to get spiritually, not just naturally, but spiritually. And and it means shutting out other things. Praise the Lord. So when you use your faith to enter into the spirit in prayer and then, of course, to stay there in that position until you get your answer. The enemy is going to throw all sorts of things at you to try to distract you. He'll have the phone start ringing. You ever notice? All kinds of things come at you. Afflictions, lack, family problems, thoughts will start bombarding your, bombarding your mind about what you got to do today. You don't have time to do this. You got things you got to do. Got things you got to do. Got things you got to do. You got to do, got to do. And you, yeah. you, if you're not careful, you'll get antsy and you'll leave that place of prayer. Yeah. 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 Amen. Your body will squirm. Your soul will pout. Yeah. Your body will squirm. I'll say it again. And your soul will pout. But you've got to use the sword of the spirit to quiet the mind and the body by speaking the word to them. Remember he said there, the sword of the spirit is sharp, dividing between soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. He's talking about spiritual warfare there, the sword of the spirit's for spiritual warfare. And he's talking in the context there, he's talking about the, the, the sword to divide between spirit, soul, and body. So really in these kinds of prayer, you got to take the sword of the spirit to the squirming of your flesh and to the, the bounce off the wall, your attention bouncing off the walls. Going from here to there, from everywhere else, you got to take the sword and speak the word to your mind yes. and bring it under control. Yes. 
Yes, sir. Because your mind is, your mind's got to get quiet. Yeah. And until it's, and, and if it's still bouncing all, all over the place, it's not quiet. And it's not looking to the Lord. Your answer could come up in your spirit and your attention's over here. So your answer will, will have no, you know what I mean? There's no, there's, no, there's no channel open. You know what I mean? There's no, it can't get through to you. This is huge. This is huge. If people practice this, counseling would go to almost zero. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. I'm not saying it's wrong to counsel somebody. That's for baby Christians. Amen. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. I felt that one. Amen. So you have to stay in this position of watching in the spirit when you're believing God for revelation or direction. Amen. You ought to write down Habakkuk 2.1. He said, I'm going to set myself upon my watch. And see what he'll say to me. Habakkuk 2.1. I'm going to set myself upon my watch. In other words, he's shutting out everything else and he's watching and praying. You ever heard that term in the New Testament? Watch and pray. That's what we're talking about. Looking to him. Looking to the spirit. Looking to what's in your spirit. It includes praying in tongues. It also includes worship. Because worship will quiet your mind. It'll help you quiet your mind. And sometimes when you enter into, when you really enter into the, the, the quieting of the mind and you enter into the spirit, you realize, my goodness, I've been, I've been distracted. This peace that I just entered into. This is where all my answers are. This is where my help is. This is where my counsel is. This is where the wisdom about the next step that I need to take is. This is how to handle this situation. This is, where I, this is where I get all these answers. Answers are waiting in the presence of God. Answers are waiting in fellowship with God. Hallelujah. But you have to learn to do this and get quiet. Praise the Lord. I'm just so glad I came to church tonight. So stay in prayer long enough until your mind gets quiet and your body stops squirming and your spirit starts picking up what the Holy Ghost is really saying. And is able to pass that on to your mind. Because your mind is now quiet. Amen. This is a lifestyle of constant... Dip- this is not just, a one, just, not just something you, you do for, in prayer. It's a lifestyle of looking to the Lord. You might not be able to take time and get quiet and, and get on your knees and just spend some time praying about a decision. But you can sure stay, you can sure stay in the place to where you're just right there. And you can just turn, dip into your spirit. Yes. Yes. And then you can sense what the Holy Ghost is saying. Yes. And you can make the right decision. Yes. But that ability to do that comes by having a regular habit of quieting your mind. Yes. And going there, doing whatever it takes to get quiet. Yes. That'll enable you to do it on the fly. Yeah. But if you don't practice it regularly, getting totally quiet, you can't wait on the Lord driving down the road. Fully wait on the Lord. You can put up your spiritual antenna, but you can, but you also have to pay attention to the road. Should I say that again? You got to pay attention to the road. (laughs) Amen. There's a measure that you can get good at while you're doing other things. You can develop it, but it's not because you don't develop that because that's the only way you ever wait on the Lord. It's just driving down the road or doing other things. No, it's because you, 
The effectiveness of your short prayers is greatly enhanced by how much t- time you spend in long prayers. Amen. You can be very effective at whenever the devil pops his head up, say, in the name. And you do it right up out of your spirit with the sword of the spirit. Or you can just, but the reason you're effective in doing that is because you are at that, you you know where that place is that you got quiet and you reach down there, even at the spur of the moment, you reach down there and you use that sword. Does that make any sense to you? I'm believing God for some utterance on some of these things. This is not, this is not, you know, you know, spiritual baby stuff. This is, this is growing up stuff. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's your helper in all of these things. He'll help you do the word. He'll help you wait on the Lord. Learn to look to him. Faith is a constant dependence on the Holy Ghost. That's what it is. Remember John 15, abide in the vine. That's what this life is. It's a life of constant dependence on the vine, your source. That's what, that's what the Christian life is. It's not a bunch of works. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not a bunch of religious things. It's fellowship. It's communion and living by faith based on what that fellowship and communion is bring, bringing to you. And, of course, he brings you to the word all the time. He's not going to disagree with the written word. Amen. But this is going to be something that he teaches you out of your spirit. And you'll be spiritually taught, not mentally taught. Can you say amen? The Holy Ghost doesn't teach your mind. Your spirit teaches your mind. The Holy Ghost teaches your spirit. Amen. Amen. These things need to be caught. And so that's what this life of faith is. It's a constant dependence on the Holy Ghost or the ministry of the Holy Ghost within you. It's a constant drawing upon his guidance, direction, counsel, wisdom, strength, everything you need. It's a constant dependence. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything out of that? Hallelujah. One of the benefits of it, you'll renew your strength. We already read that. I mean, here, how about this? You'll renew your strength to overcome temptation. When we think about strength, we think about our physical body, but you need the strength of spirit to overcome temptation. Remember what Jesus said to Peter, and this is in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. In other words, you're going to have, you're going to get what you need to not yield to the flesh. Because remember, he denied Jesus. You're going to get what you need to not yield to the flesh in watching and praying. We know the word is what feeds our spirits, the spiritual food. But don't leave this out. I get so much. I get answers. This kind of praying, waiting on the Lord, ministering to the Lord. There's a lot of different ways you could talk about it or, or, or use a lot of terms you could use to describe it. This kind of praying really is where I get answers and the, the Holy Ghost keeps me ahead of what's coming. Yes, yes. If I start losing my, this kind, of prayer li- this kind of prayer life, things start catching up to me. Yes. And things start getting in. Yep. I've been there a number of times. Yep. I remember back a number of months ago, I'm like, Lord, I'm not, real, I'm not real excited right now about how many things are getting through. And he said, it's not on my side. So I had to make some adjustments. How many of you know you can have this down and then slip away from it? 
Now you're just going through the motions. I remember, I remember. Well, it's good to remember. But is what he said being constantly renewed? God likes new things. Did you know that? He likes to renew things. He likes to renew them, renew them, renew them. Praise God. You'll also gain, I'm almost done. You'll also gain spiritual proficiency. Hallelujah. Your mind and your, in other words, let's put it this way. Your spirit will gain the ascendancy over your mind and and dominate your mind rather than your mind dominating your spirit. Hallelujah. You'll walk more in the spirit. Oh, there's so much there. I don't know if you remember the apostles, they, they, uh, Jesus gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. But there was a man that came to him and wanted deliverance. And the apostles tried to cast him out and, and he didn't come out. And Jesus came down off Mount Transfiguration. They said, why couldn't we cast him out? Because Jesus had just cast them. Jesus came down and cast the thing out. They said, why couldn't we cast him out? He said, because of your unbelief. Yeah. But he said, this kind comes not out by, by prayer and fasting. But, but see now, he's not talking about, I had, he's not talking about praying and fasting right there then. Because Jesus didn't stop and pray and fast right there then. But he did cast it out. So what do you mean prayer and fasting? He's talking about a lifestyle of just walking in fellowship with God, talking with God all the time, and having a prayer life. And he said, that'll keep you proficient at operating in what I put on your life. The authority I gave you, faith that I gave you, walking in the anointing that I put on your life as a minister, that'll keep you walking in proficiency. Hallelujah. Because he'll always in that time of fellowship be tweaking you, tweaking you, tweaking you. And you'll get better and better and better, better. I'm just having a good service. This is just good preaching tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You'll also get direction and answers for your life and ministry, and you'll learn to know his voice. Can you say amen? Amen. Sometimes people want, want direction, but they want it through a, they want it from another person. I appreciate that somebody has confidence in, in spiritual people, but listen, don't live the rest of your life bumming blessings off of somebody else's prayer life. You, 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 God will talk to you. You have fellowship with him. He's no respecter of persons. Can you say amen? I'm not a spiritual bum needing somebody else. I'm not saying God doesn't bless us through other people. But I'm talking about, you know, asking them what to do about everything. If I went to Pastor Nancy and asked her, what, what should I do about this? She'd probably say, I don't know. Why don't you pray? That'd be exactly what she needed to say. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? It's just the old fashioned prayer life. <laughs> old fashioned new fashion. Praise the Lord. Can you see what I'm talking about? Um, there have been a number of times where it just seems like, you know, I don't know if you know what I mean by this, but either the ministry or my life or something, it just sort of hit high center, if you know what I mean. I mean, I'm going through the motions, but not going anywhere. And at times like that, I have to get, I have to do this. I have to wait on the Lord. And I'm telling you, whenever you, I get quiet, I start, something starts stirring down in here. He starts dealing with me about this, dealing with me about this, or he'll show me, you know, where I got, I'm, now I'm just operating in the mental or something or whatever. You remember Brother Hagin, whenever he was uh, endeavoring to pray the prayer of faith on the sickbed whenever he was a teenager? You remember he said, well, um, Jesus, if you came down here and said, your problem is that you don't believe. 
He said, I'd have to say, dear Lord Jesus, I do believe. Because he was reading Mark 11, 23 and 24. You remember that? And Brother Hagin said, the spirit of God in him, that's the counselor. That's your teacher. That's your, that's your trainer in all these spiritual things. The spirit of God within him said, you do believe as far as you know. In other words, he said, there's more you need to understand here. And he was trying to teach him to believe he received. Where did he learn that? Waiting on God. Where are you going to learn that? Waiting on God. He'll teach you. God has a personal faith school for every one of us. You can hear a sermon and say, that's good, but you don't have it. But the Holy Ghost will school you right into what was being said in that service. And he'll say, okay, here's how you do this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, this, I want to go do it right now. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Stand with me to your feet. Praise the Lord. This is a skill that true spiritual giants really have developed. It's not enough just to know how to pray one kind of prayer. One kind of prayer is good, but two is better and three is better than that. And all of them is best. What kind of prayer do I need right now? I need to pray the kind of prayer that's necessary right now. If I need answers, if I'm going through the motions and, and now I'm not meaning that every time you don't see it immediately that, well, I must be doing something wrong. No, I mean, if you remember the fig tree, it took time to see it, but I'm saying there's just, there's just times, you know, I've not made my connection. I'm not talking about the devil told you you didn't make your connection. I'm talking about in your spirit, you know, these things are, uh, they take time sometimes to develop the spiritual ability to recognize the difference. But I believe I'm talking to a crowd that's a little bit more advanced. Right? Don't look behind you. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. We got some things under our belt. We've learned some things. Let's keep on learning. What do you say? Hallelujah. Brother Hagin said there's been times that he's prayed in tongues, just quiet his mind. He said, all of a sudden, the Lord started taking him through a chapter of the Bible. And he said, he said, said, watch just why he's praying in tongues. He's just looking through it. And he said, he understood it totally different because the Holy Ghost taught him what it was really saying. And he said, that's how I learned the Bible. The Holy Ghost, my, the teacher taught me the Bible. Woo! See, that's spirit taught, not mentally taught. That's why it was so rich and so alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put both of your hands up and say, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that the New Testament has brought me into a place that I have real true fellowship with you. In the spirit, spirit. my spirits spirits. can know God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And know exactly what he's saying to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Jesus. you said, said, this is what real eternal life is all about. That I would know you, not just know about you, but really know you. Thank you, Lord, for that privilege. Because of the Holy Ghost within me, I will be taught of the Spirit as I learn to wait in your presence. Glory to God. And I'll, take, I'll begin to make more progress than I have ever made before. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, it gets exciting when things start working. Because you got some real answers. Yes. 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 
God has real answers for real hungry people that gives you real solutions. If you haven't been getting results and you, and you start practicing this and you get some real answers and things start working, it's not coming to church anymore like, oh, he's going to preach on faith again. No, it's going to be, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting to me because it's working for me. When it's not working, people are like, uh-huh, yeah, check, yeah, yeah, put that in my note, put that in my note, but they go in and forget about it. This will keep life exciting. It'll make it all brand new again. You'll, you'll fall in love with Jesus all over again. You'll, go, you'll be returned to your first love. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible will be new. Your prayer life will be new. Everything. It's just brand new all over again. Thank you, Jesus.